What's good, y'all? We are here in the building. He's the DJ. She's the actress. I'm John Crick, and she's Bobby Baker. Let's get this party started, sis. What's good? What's good, y'all? Welcome to another edition of He's the DJ, She's the Actress. I'm superhero DJ John Quinn. And I'm Bobby Baker. So, Bobby, you know, uh, first of all, you know how we always start the show. How was your week? I had a good week. Word, this week word. Was, Yeah, this week was good. I don't really have any complaints. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. How about you? I, I, I You know, I had a really, you know, busy, busy week. You know, um, I think um, a lot of things, things... Things are starting to open back up. A lot of yeah. opportunities are starting to present themselves. So I'm excited about that. But with no further ado, let's get into the first segment. We call this File This Under. Yeah. And, um, our first topic of discussion is that the University of, uh, not even the University of Maryland, the state of Maryland mm-hmm. basically settled an HBCU lawsuit that the HBCUs of that state had against them for $577 million. Because money. it was proved that they were underfunded as opposed to the PWIs of the state. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my thing is this, it, it, it's it's crazy how, you know, you know, you have all these, you know, conservatives out there talking about, oh, there's no such thing as systemic racism and things of that nature. But then you have them paying out the booty hole. Right. <laughs> What you what you think about this whole situation? <laughs> you know, this remind this actually reminds me. My mom, who was an educator, uh, she grew up in uh, and she was educated in a one room schoolhouse. Mm. And there were it was grades like I want to say like kindergarten through like sixth or seventh grade mm-hmm. in one room. And what as screwed up as it is and she talks about how they got the scraps of everything that everything that the white kids weren't using in their schools they got it wow. but the stories like this i am first of all i'm so happy that they're getting what they're owed yes but yes. can we just talk about how black people make a world of difference Absolutely. In spite of, in spite of being given so much less, just think about all of the things, all of the wonderful things, all the wonderful people that have sprouted, especially as of late from HBCUs. And to think that all this time they haven't been given the same, uh, the same resources. Yet and still, yet and still, yet and still we've succeeded. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm so excited for what's to come because I can only imagine now that they have the, now that they have the resources. Now, what are they going to be able to do? Y'all better look out. <laughs> Yo, listen, like this is a prime example of how strong of a people we are. Like right. we have been given the worst conditions and we continue to rise. We continue to excel. So this doesn't surprise me. And it makes me very happy that finally, you know, justice is being served. You know, no, you know, this separate but equal nonsense, you know, hey, you know, you're going <laughs> to, if you're going to say something like that, then you need to mean it. And now they're going right. to have to pay for it, you know, after years of underpaying these schools. So, wow. you know, big, big up, big up to the uh, state of Maryland, whoever was on this case in terms of, prosecution or whatever, you know, I, yep. I got to give them props for that because yes. that's the major win. Yes. Speaking of HBCU, sis, oh, first, oh, before we go any further, mm-hmm. this, let's, let's file this under 
and we shall rise. Hey. <laughs> so listen, speaking of HBCUs, um, last week, Eddie George, uh, the former, you know, the Hall of Famer, the, the Tennessee Titan for life, you know, Eddie George got hired to coach at Tennessee State and HBCU, of course, in the state of Tennessee. And mm-hmm. um, also um, Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, um, used to play, you know, Super Bowl champion with the Rams, whatever. He's in talks to be the head coach at Southern University. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I bring this all to say, I think this is the Deion Sanders effect. Hey, I'm really here for it. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, he Deion has made it cool for these all-worldly talents who are now retired to, yep. you know, go to give back to the culture. Right. And, and go coach at an HBCU. So right. what, what do you think about that, sis? I mean, I think this is amazing news. I think it's high time the people coaching look more like the people who are playing. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> yo, listen. I just got a blink on that one. Yo, listen, you, you, listen, you just went straight Barry Bonds on that one. You knocked it out the park. <laughs> Like, I mean, there's there's not much else I can say after that. I mean, let's 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 just go ahead and put put a you know nip of butt in this one. I mean, well, honestly, know. honestly, um, again, I think it's a beautiful thing, and I do hope that you know Southern does hire Marshall Falk. Now, with that being said, there is another side of this. Some of the lesser known names who have been you know assistant coaches forever. You know, sometimes yeah. you know they come off on the short end, but you know who knows? Maybe they end up coaching next to this person, and they'll get their chance somewhere else. You know what I mean? But, right. Right. I'm I'm just happy this is happening and it's shining light on, you know, all the wonderful things that, you know, encompass being at an HBCU. And um, I'm just excited about it. I'm excited, you know, in the, the direction that the HBC, HBCU sports is going anywhere. And speaking of that, we're going to be talking to somebody who is playing a part of that a little later. But yes. anyway, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna file this under hallelujah. <laughs> 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 so, 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 so we've had, we know, you know, we've had two great pieces of good news, but you know, sis, we got to keep things balanced. And in doing yeah. so, let's talk about this Negro Tim Scott. Let's All talk right? about. Him. So, so we, so we're gonna play a little clip from his uh, response speech um, to Joe Biden's great speech um, the other yeah. day. Yeah. Wait, let me see. Let me find it. Here we go. It's a race. I have experienced the pain of discrimination. I know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason, to be followed around the store while I'm shopping. I remember every morning at the kitchen table, my grandfather would open the newspaper and read it, I thought. But later I realized he had never learned to read it. He just wanted to set the right example. I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance. I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives, by liberals. Just last week, a national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privilege. Because a relative owned land generations before my time. Believe me, I know firsthand our healing is not finished. I'm going to let you start on it. I'm gonna let you start because, but before you start, I I wanted to say that in the same speech he said, "America is not a racist country." Yeah. In the same, but go ahead. I'm gonna let you start on it. <laughs> uh, first I gotta wake up because I'm asleep. <laughs> so there's that. John, okay, you know. I'll tell you what struck me. I'm sure what struck me was probably different from what struck you because what strikes me is always random. Uh, He's acting. He's acting. Yes. And and it's bad. (laughs) Bad acting. (laughs) It's bad acting. It's bad acting. That like head shake in the middle made me sick on the stomach. Yeah. He doesn't believe I don't I don't believe that he believes what he's saying. I think here we have another case of um, I I forget the man's name who was on the same kind of ridiculousness as as him. But it's like they're just trying to get the vote um, of 
you know, of the Trump supporters. Um, they want to be that one. That's what that's that's how this strikes me. That's yeah. how this strikes me. He strikes me as a disappointment to his family. What? How does it strike you? <laughs> a disappointment to his family. Damn, to his whole family. You you, pay, you carry that heavy <laughs> club tonight. <laughs> so listen, listen, listen. This dude. First of all, how can you sit there and say um, America is not a racist country? But then you go through all these scenarios. Oh, I've been pulled over. You know, just because of the color of my. Again, I've I've right. experienced race. I mean, dude, you can't have it both ways, man. Like right. that's why other countries laugh at us, you know. Yes, yes. And you know, he. I remember him being a huge Trump supporter, um, uh -huh. and I just feel like he's like their token black guy at this point. It, and it's exactly it's, that's it's, his mo. Yeah, it, it's really disgusting. And you know he has that little goofy smile, and it's it's embarrassing. Like you know, it's yeah. like kind of like you know. I think I mentioned this last week. Sometimes like I'll watch a, a wild sitcom, and it gets so embarrassing to the point I just can't. Why I just like I gotta turn the channel. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like that's him. Mm -hmm. That's him. And I I I, I want to know like who his boys are. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you can have friends, and then you got your boys who gonna tell you what it is. You know what I'm saying? I don't okay. think he has any boys because like he can't possibly. Yo, it, it, it's it's crazy, and and it's ironic because Kamala, she basically said she's she basically said she agreed with him that America is not a racist country, but then in the same breath she says, but America has to reckon with its racist past and its and current racial situations that's going on in the United States. So I get why she has to say that because she's a VP. So she can't get on and say, yeah, America is a racist. <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. I'm, you know, but, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I am glad you said that because I was over here like, now see, that's why I ain't got to come all <laughs> 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 That's yeah. why she ain't, that's why her face ain't on my chest yet. You know, <laughs> But but I'm 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 I am glad that I am here with you for you to enlighten me and, and just remind me of those types of things because you're yeah. right. Yeah. She probably does know good and damn well that America is a racist country. I'm driving home heated at the thought of her saying that. I'm like, oh, she sounds so light skinned, you know, <laughs> just you know, just like never, just unaware, you know. Oh, but man. but you know, I but. I, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I, yeah. I honestly had not had not considered that, and you're, you, and you're totally right. Yeah, yeah. She can't. You know, the same way like Barack couldn't come on there and say the same thing because fools would have lost their mind. You know, right? Um, hell, they 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 charged the capital for less. You know, what I'm saying so. You know, I, I get where she's coming from, but I, and I like the fact that in the same breath, she basically, you know talked in code to us like yeah but exactly they, yeah. they gotta reckon with this and they gotta deal with this racism that's going on right now she basically yeah. said we are racist but i can't say that <laughs> right it was, it was a wink in the eye she was like <laughs> exactly we see the wink we, we see the wink we are but here if, for the wink but if you know what i'm saying right <laughs> <laughs> so 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 what 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 I'm gonna leave this one to you because I, mean, I know you got fun with this. What do you want to what do you want to file this whole story under? Oh wait, because it's two, it's two different versions of it though. Kamala or oh boy. Yeah, you know what? Combine them, combine them, combine them. Because I think it's a fun, I mean, to the, to me, with them combined, it's a funny story, you know, um, in terms of um just the, the interpretation of America is not a racist country. And then he went on to say that he got called a Uncle Tom. Well, Kamala was like, it's not a racist right. country, <laughs> if you believe me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. Right. You know, I'm, John, I, I'm I'm be the first one to admit I'm not good at the file under categories. You're better at this than me. <laughs> so let me think. We can we can file this under. Um, we could file this under. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll file this under. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> so listen, our our first guest. We're waiting for her to get. You know come backstage. I, th I think she left, you know, she left the camera. She's she's here, but I guess she went to go powder up or whatever. Got you. So listen, so 
since we're going to do that, we could actually go. Oh, there she is. Oh, here she is. Cool, cool, cool. So listen, before I, I, I got to read, you know, this sister is just so, so super impressive. And when I say impressive, like I'm not easily impressed. Like I, I do an event every year, as you know, my Heroes of Excellence Awards, which you yes. have hosted before, where I honor women of color who are doing the damn thing. And I yes. can't see how I haven't honored this sister yet. I don't know how she passed through, you know. So I'm just letting you know now, Miss Powell, you're gonna be one of my honorees next year. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I'm putting it out there right now. But anyway, let me get out the info on this sister because she is so dynamic. Um, I, and I, I know I'm not gonna be able to read the entire uh, bio, but I do wanna um, focus in on what she's doing now uh, and some of her honors. Like right now, She's a partner. I know I'm going to destroy this name at Quintarios, Prieto, and Wood and Boyer, the largest minority and women owned law firm in the United States, y'all. Okay. In the United States. Um, oh. She is just amazing. And um, she's been recognized with her work with um, attorney Benjamin Crump in representing the HBCU All Stars and Jennifer Malagon, the Long Island woman who filed a racial discrimination claim against her neighbors. And I remember that case, man. So I'm so happy mm -hmm. that Heather was a part of that. Um, yes. Some of her honors include the recipient of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Drum Major Award, Sora of the Year awarded by the Pan-Hellenic Council for her work with her, with her chapter and her sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha. And she's been recognized as the Network Journal's magazine's top 40 under 40. Like she, I mean, I could go on and on, but let's let's just bring this amazing sister to the stage. We're bringing her on right now. You know, her name is Heather Michelle Palmore. What's good, sis? <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm good. I was just running out of breath, you know, reading off all your accolades, but I'm good now. I caught my breath. <laughs> okay. Okay. So listen, so listen. The main, like, aside from you just being a, you know, an amazing attorney and just excellent at what you do, what I wanted to bring you on the show for, and uh, we had, you know, told our listeners, is that you had played a part in that whole three-hour block programming of celebrating HBCUs on CBS TV on April 4th during March Madness. Can you tell us, um, one, how you got involved with that, and two, why do you think these stories needed to be told? Well, first, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Um, thank you for being here. <laughs> and um, the very engaging discussion I was so into what you were talking about with the uh, the HBCU lawsuit in, in Maryland yeah. and such. But um, just by way of background, I am an avid sports uh, fanatic. I love all <laughs> sports. I was born and raised with sports. My dad played in the NFL. Wow. Um, I was um, a student athlete on Long Island that went on to Cornell to play basketball. So sports was always ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. um, coupled with that, my passion for the law and advocacy and education, um, all of those areas intersected um, just maybe last year. Um, <clears throat> I belong to a group called Advancement of Blacks in Sports. Yes, It's a um, not-for-profit organization that was founded on the premise that we need to be much more engaged socially um, on a social justice platform for our student athletes. We tackle issues such as um, pay equity for Black coaches, the hiring of Black coaches and yes. administrators. And we also advocate for the removal of the SAT and ACT. Um, we advocate for vendor equity, and that's very important. And this is how we got involved with the HBCU All-Stars Fair. Um, mm. I don't know if you know, but every year when the NCAA hosts their March Madness tournament, they have actually a contract with CBS Sports to broadcast. They have an exclusive um, mm -hmm. agreement, licensing agreement to broadcast that. I'm not sure if people are aware, but... Every year, the NCAA makes close to a billion dollars just yes. in just from that tournament, from Selection Sunday until the time that the last shot is made and you hear that song that plays at the end. <laughs> yeah. One shot in moment. One shot in moment. <laughs> one, one, one billion dollars just in that space. Yeah. Um, 
And we did some dig, you know, deep digging when we were um, forming this organization. And one of the things that I always stood by is this idea that data matters. It matters. Mm -hmm. The data tells you everything. And so we're looking at this and we, you know, we got some documents from NTA. And do you know how many people of color, black people, um, are vendors for that event? Less than 2%. Wow. Less than 2%. However, our student athletes that look like us yeah. account for 80, by the time you hit the final four, 87% of the athletes on mm. that floor are people who look like us. Wow. Now, if you want to take it even a step further, and there's, a, there's progress being made, but not too much, um, mm -hmm. the, the number of coaches um, black head coaches in power five schools and 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 the the top schools. These are things that we've been working on. So, the HBC All Stars, um, a gentleman who was a, a a coach at a former coach at Tennessee State, uh, Travis Williams, mm -hmm. um, approached us and said, "I have this problem. I have this intellectual property, basically that someone stole, and entered into an agreement with CBS. Wow. And we." came aboard and it was unheard of because um, when we brought it to our group and these are coaches such as Leonard Hamilton, um, yes. you know, Calvin Sampson, uh, Vivian Stringer, the legend. Wow. Wow. So for them to say to us that you have done something um, that no one was able to ever do. The NCAA wow. and CBS don't listen to anyone. So we were able to acquire his property back and enter into a deal with CBS. That is awesome. Wow. You know, it's awesome, but it's far. It, 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 the time was way back when. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was about equity for us and starting to level that playing field. Um, one of the things that I think is somewhat um, bittersweet about the whole process is we have years and years and years and years and years and years to go to undo all the inequity that had been yes. done to us. But we can't look at it with a defeatist attitude. We have to start building and moving forward. And so um, that in and of in itself was uh, historic. That is amazing. That is so amazing. No, no, with that though, let me tell you. So with okay. the deal, we got five year, a five-year deal and we're starting in New Orleans next year in 2022 Woo! with an HBCU All-Star Game. And the wow. following year is going to be in Houston, Texas. The following year is going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. And I always lose track of the other, the other um, venues. But most important, most of the HBCUs that we are targeting are right there in the hotbed of Louisiana um, mm. in New Orleans. So we're looking forward and then going to Houston and bringing that um, experience. To, I'm coming with you. Yes, yes. And that's, the, and that's the point. That's the point. We we say that we want to be in these spaces, right? And we want we want people to recognize our spending power. Now we have an opportunity to spend for us. And that's something that, you know, while we may, you know, there's going to be bumps and, you know, trying to get exactly uh, equity here. It's, it's a good first step. So I'm excited about what's to come in 2022. Wow, I'm excited a, too. Yeah. I know you wanna jump in here, sis. I this do. Wheelhouse. <laughs> it is. Um, first of all, thank you for this work that you do. Um, I, I feel like I am a, a direct product of it. My husband uh, was associate head coach for Duke men's basketball. And now he is head coach at Austin P State University in Tennessee. Okay. So thank you. Thank I think you. we I think we may know. I think he is in our group. He may have been, yeah, he may have uh, joined a call recently. Probably but so. He, okay. Um, so my my question to you is how 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 do you get help? How do how does the word catch on that okay, this is the initiative that we all need to be on board for? How does the word spread like wildfire? What can people do to, to make everyone aware that, listen, 
there's going to be an HBCU all-star game going yeah. down. Be there, support, get your tickets now. What needs to happen? So two things need to happen. Um, and the way that we've always viewed it is that, you know, when the legal team, which was headed by um, Benjamin Crump, um, I can tell you when he came, <laughs> um, when he came to the table, something very magical happened in that room. And mm. we were able to wow um, the CBS uh, executives. Mm -hmm. um, we understand it's important to have secured that opportunity. However, um, based on our history and what we know of each other, both my parents went to Morgan State. And I remember being dragged to those Morgan Grambling games as a little girl. <laughs> and you know we were always in the parking lot went to the stadium for a few minutes and came back out. And we know that it was never about the game, right? right. It, was about, it was about that experience and seeing your people and the food and the, the D9 and yeah. you know, just the, the culture. And so what we're setting out to do, um, and we're working on a, a separate project with someone who is synonymous with excellence in uh, New Orleans for a certain festival, we're trying to create a mini um, mid-season type of homecoming. Somewhere, really? you know, in, in, in March, where we can bring people into the space, but it will also have a social justice spin because we know that we wouldn't be here. We really would not be here. I gotta, we have to come to terms with it. We would not be here had it not been for the pandemic yeah. on top of, um, the loss of life of so many black men and women and people of color um, whose backs, you know, George Floyd carried, yeah. you know, his yeah. legacy is carrying. So, you know, um, we understand the importance of it and we don't lose sight of that. So while we celebrate, we also have to educate. And I, um, that's my hope to your yes. point is get, beyond getting the word out, really educating people and understanding why it's necessary to support now we have the, we, they gave us the, the go ahead. Now we just yes. have to make it successful because if it's not successful, you know, they'll say because we're black. Right. So we have, you know, that's why, that's what keeps me up at night, <laughs> making sure that it's successful. <laughs> we can't hear you. We can't hear you, John. All right. Can you hear me now? Yes. You can hear yeah. me now. Okay. No, what I was saying was that I can't, it, it's it's just one of those situations where sometimes, you know, when people say, well, I would have never have imagined, or, you know, I, I just wish my father was here to see something like this go down because he was all, he's, my dad was one of those dads, like, if the, if a team had a black quarterback, that's the team he was cheering for. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's an HBCU, he's cheering for that HBCU. You know, he's he's definitely like, you know, I, I literally grew up on campus of an HBCU, West Virginia State University, which used to be called the West Virginia Negro Institute. So I love what you're doing, sis. Keep doing it. If there's any way we can help, let us know. Like I'll, I'll be um, I'll be calling on y'all, you know. We're, <laughs> no we're, doubt. Listen, we, we plan to have this done by the summer, and then we can start our advertising and Hopefully we'll be sold out by, you know, winter. Oh, you, oh, you'll be sold out real quick. I can tell you that right <laughs> now. Because this is like, wow, like, I cannot wait. But, and I know I owe you a phone call. So we want to talk this weekend for sure. We'll never going to talk this weekend. All right. So nice so anyways, to meet you both. You know, it was, it was great you. having you. And, you know, you now are a friend of the show. So don't be surprised we call you back a few months later just to get an update. <laughs> okay? okay. All right. Take care. I'll talk to you later. Thank right. you. Have a good night. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yo, sis, this is such an exciting endeavor that they're taking on, and um, it's long overdue. What a what a powerhouse she is! Oh, she is. Yes, and, and shout out to shout out to creativity. Yes, you yes. know, and yeah, just the absolutely. minds who the minds who think of these things. Number one, and the hands that have the fortitude to see it through. Because this is not an easy task. Even oh, before yeah. she said, that's what keeps her up at night. I I, I wondered. <laughs> I wondered in my mind, like, you know, I was like, oh, I know you are in it. 
Because think about it. It's like one of them things where you, you see you see Michael Jordan's arms out. like He's literally, it seems like he's holding up something, right? That's like, she's doing this for the culture. Yes. For the culture. This is a big deal for the culture. So, uh, you know, again, you know, I'm supposed to be hopefully doing, you know, be involved. You know, I'm going to be involved with them doing a couple of events for them. So I'm excited. I, I You know, I've met Brother Crump on a couple of occasions. Really yeah. good dude. Really good dude. So, so let's assist. Let's. Let's. Here's what I want to do because we have our guests in the building right now. All right. Um, why don't Why don't Why don't we do what's on your mind after they're done? Uh, yeah. But let's let's let's. So what I want to do is bring in our esteemed guests, but I'm gonna let you introduce them because these are your people. This is the Juilliard crew. <laughs> they are my people. They are my people. Now, are you gonna play the video first yep, or? Yep. Uh, you bring them them? Uh, no, I'll introduce them and then I'll play the video. Got you. Okay. okay. All right. So I've been thinking all day about yeah. okay it's a few of us here it's three of us here yep. three of my people here how am i gonna how am i gonna introduce them and i, I didn't want to reiterate what people can find on google so i started yeah. to just write down the things that i loved about them so i'm gonna give you guys the bio from my heart about oh, all of these people that's first beautiful. i want to talk about mechi aranwa okay this young lady, few people met there. Few people have fun to match their fight. Mechi is that person. She is the person who you always want on your team because she will not lose. Period. No. Okay. That's Mechi. Um, also, Mechi on stage, she. She has a truth in everything she does on stage and off stage. And that's why we believe her. We believe her on stage and we believe what she says she's going to do off stage. And that's why she's everybody's sister. She's everybody's champion. She's everybody's hero. Next, I want to talk about Francois Batiste. Okay. Francois Batiste was at Juilliard when I got there. And also, he, hold on, hold on. Francois's not here yet, so I'm not sure if he's coming. He's not here yet? No, okay. he's not here. We got Corey backstage. Corey, I met you. Corey, all right. Well, let yeah. me go to Corey then. Yeah. Corey? Corey is a silent killer. Corey's a silent killer. When I first saw Corey, I didn't suspect that he was the beast that he is. He snuck up on me. Corey's <laughs> a whole entire shapeshifter. You understand what I'm saying? And 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 he Corey is. I thought I started thinking about Corey. Corey is that thing that you eat that you don't know it has a feeling inside of it. <laughs> it takes you pick it up. You pick it up. It looks good. You know what I'm saying? So you pick it up. Yeah. You pick it up, and then you realize it's got a whole nother feeling inside that bad boy <laughs> that you were not prepared for. That's Corey. <laughs> hey, Corey. Hey, Matchy. What's up? What's good, guys? Hello. Thanks Hello. for coming through. Look, Corey, I go front. I was so tempted to play some Dr. Dre, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> oh, we're, here for, we're here for a bigger issue. You know what I'm saying? I, was, I, I had to listen. Bro, I had it all queued up and everything. And hey, I, look. Like, they were forward, they were... <laughs> I was like, oh, I gotta do that too, you know. <laughs> they were poets in the streets, though, man. Like that's the real, that's the real no thing doubt. about them, right? No doubt. And the so. cool thing is that group is kind of like is, was one of the groups, along with Public Enemy, X Clan, you know, BDP, who spoke about the same things we're still speaking about today, yeah. which is crazy. So, so sis, what I want to do, Bobby, is play, you know, that video that we played last week, and yeah. then we'll get right into it for those who are not um, understanding or up on what we're going to be speaking about today. This, this is a um, what I would at this point I would consider a racial incident that happened at the esteemed Juilliard School. So here we go. Meaning that on our Zoom screen, on my Zoom screen, were fellow students, but faculty, staff, and the director of my division acting out the, the journey and experience of slavery for almost 30 minutes. This is what we had to listen to. You have everything you need to go on this journey. In front of you, there is a long path. It is the road of captivity. 
Allow all of your senses to activate. Take a breath in, and on your exhale, start down the road of captivity. arrived at the coast of Africa. What do you see? What do you hear? What can you feel? What can you taste? Gentlemen, gentlemen, your attention, I beg. Calling your attention to the first item being offered for sale. Now, she's a fine black pearl indeed, gentlemen. She's in fine condition. She's young, she's supple, she's strong. Use it a wash, to weave, to plow, to sew, what you will. Good investment, gentlemen. Put her to it, and she'll raise you a fine litter of pickaninnies. Who will offer me 100 pounds with this fine wench? Do I hear 100 pounds? Now, here's a likely-looking hand, a prime young buck, just picked from the trees, bright as a monkey. Good bones, sinew. Wanted free of defect. Good teeth, good for Carolina rice, Virginia tobacco, Maryland corn. Pull like an ox and carry like a mule. Fine animal, gentlemen. So. Step into the pool of slavery. <laughs> nigger run, nigger flow, nigger tore his shirt in two. Run, run, a paddy roll look at you. Run, nigger run, well you better get away. Nigger run, run so fast, over his head in a hornet's nest. Run, run, the paddy roll look at you. Run, nigger run, well you better get away. Run, nigger run, the paddy roll look at you. Run, nigger run, well you better get away. Young folks. Wait, hold up. So, Bobby, I'm gonna let you set this off. All right, uh, Corey and Mechie, talk to me about the day you heard this. Oh, hold up, Francois's here, so we gonna get Francois on here. <laughs> hey, Swah. Hey, y'all. Welcome, brother. What's up, y'all? Hey, well, hey, good to be here, brothers. Hold up, and sisters. Uh, Francois, we just listened to the recording again. Uh, the one that Marion posted. And I've asked Mechie and Corey, and I've asked you to talk to me about what went through your mind the day you heard this and the day you felt the pull to respond. Um, I Can you hear me? I can Good. hear you. Um, I, the, I saw that it was sent to me in the morning and I immediately, after only hearing her introduction, um, contacted faculty at the school. Um, so it didn't take any time. And it, for me, it only took the introduction. I didn't listen to the whole thing until after. And even right now, my heart is racing a little bit. It's a little challenging to listen to. Very. I strike a little. It's very challenging to listen to for me. Um, yeah, I just, I echo that. I, I, I received it around the same time Mechie received it. And, and, um, you know, we, we all started circling the wagons immediately. My first thought was, is this 2021 or, or not? Cause, um, I, I, I guess I was just sort of shocked that something like this not only could happen at an institution, and uh, you know but but our institution the institution that we call our alma mater and and um a place that we call home and so um as much said you know she sort of led the charge which is you know the the, the beautiful and amazing thing about um our sister mechi is is that she's going to um make sure that that, that we go through the right steps and we figure out if wrong has been done, how do we um, how do we write it? And so I was just just honored to kind of follow her lead. And even sitting here again, listening and hearing those words, um, 
it's just really hard to sit idly by and watch young black bodies be traumatized in whatever form it is, whatever form that takes. And we've seen a lot of it. We're not talking about just the past 400 years, but even this this year is as hard as it's been. Um, and and just lastly, just really quickly, the just the fact that this happened in September of 2020, and our first time hearing this was the end of last week. Um, and there's a, there's issues with that that we can get into later, but um, accountability was the first thing I think. You no, know, first the first thing I think on our minds was making sure that the students those black bodies um, were okay. You know, we wanted to make sure that they were good. And then I think the next step, and that's the step that we're all moving towards now is accountability for it. That's what's up, that's what's up. Francois, how about you? Um. Yeah, it was pretty much what Corey and, and Reggie's been talking about. I, well, listen, this is what happened with me. Um, I was um, I was just doing a morning scroll of uh, IG Instagram or whatever, and uh, I saw I saw something that Mechie had posted, and I was just confused by it, perplexed, and so I just reached out to her and said, "You know, what's this about?" And, and Mechie hit me back with uh, the video. Uh, she hit me back with the correspondence that she had with the school, with our former teachers, um, and uh, we were on it. Like it just became this. First of all, how? First of all, why? Uh, second of all, how in the? You know, I don't know. We're supposed to curse in this medium, but how in the hell does something like this go down? Well, I, Tell you what I, I responded to more than anything was the the emotion that was coming from our, our dear sister, uh, who is still you know on the front lines and and coping with this. But I was just I was responding to like her emotional plea of this trauma that she endured and that it had gone untouched. It had gone uh, no attention had been paid to it for so many months. And it just pissed me off to a place where uh, we had to find out more answers. And like Corey was saying, you know, Mechie uh, led the charge. Um, I reached out to uh, Richard, who is um, who we all know from, from school, and just to try to get a, another line of communication in. And before you knew it, it was the evening. Um, it's all a blur to me because I got a house full of kids and uh, by the evening we were just on uh, uh, on a call with about 15, 20 students and the head of the drama division. And I know that was Meji just, just throwing them bow, bows and just making sure that people showed up because uh, like Corey saying, man, people need to be held accountable for the, the fracture, the mental fracture that went down. And in the subsequent, nobody paid attention to it. And that's what that's what pissed me off more than anything, is that her pleas to the president of the university and to the head of the drama division um, seem, seemingly went unanswered. Mm -hmm. mm. uh, so one thing that struck me during our Zoom meeting, the initial Zoom meeting, and we kind of joked about it a little bit, um, was that some people may not have been offended. Some people may not have known better. Mm. Not everyone, not everyone may, maybe some people didn't know to be offended. Talk to me about what you, what you guys think that is and how do we become sharper as it pertains to being able to detect racism, especially underlying racism that often is disguised as neglect or I didn't know, or insensitive, or insensitivity. How do we become sharper? Mm. That's a great question. Wow, that's a really good question, good Bobby. Question. And I think to start it off, I think at the base of getting sharper is opening your mind and expanding your knowledge about other histories, histories other than your own, right? Um, just learning about other cultures, because if you have knowledge of of these various histories, then when you see racism happening, you'll spot it more easily. Uh, I think people get confused sometimes because we're not still on plantations in a 
animalistic conditions being forced to work for free and build the, the wealth of this nation. Because we're not in that specific condition, they don't recognize the other forms that racism can take. Mm. Uh, I think arming yourself with the knowledge of the different forms, people call it microaggressions, but I call it casual violence because it's more violent than a microaggression to me. Vi violence is more accurate to me. Um, what, what, what falls in that category, right? Uh, under casual violence, um, being aware of the direct racism, right? Once you know these histories, once you understand the history of this nation and, and you see power structures at play, because at the heart of all racism is an imbalance of power, right? So just being firm in that kind of knowledge and understanding that the larger part of it is systemic and institutional in these places where we go and we, we're supposed to find safety or we're supposed to be educated. For all intents and purposes, if I'm a student at Juilliard, why wouldn't I think this is okay? Mm. Mm. I, do th I don't know the full intent of this exercise. <clears throat> Um, they did describe what its intent was in the letter. I think that there should have been a precursor. If they really had thought about this, I, I think spotting, taking time to think before you act is important when you're dealing with racism um, and when you're dealing with young bodies and minds or with people mm -hmm. in general, right? If they had taken time to think, they would have understood that perhaps coming on the cusp of history, coming on the cusp of summer 2020, maybe this might not have been a good idea, but if they saw some validity in it, we should have a precursor class to prepare. The fact that that wasn't a thought lets me know that the power structure in that building is deeply embedded in the roots of racism in this nation. I mean, we want to talk about how Juilliard came to be. No, not right now. Um, I'm going to pause because I realize I'm talking a lot. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, sister. You, you're dropping gems. But but I, I am curious because, you know, I, I taught for over 10 years in the schools. And as an educator, um, I think you had mentioned that they actually had an explanation in terms of what this exercise was supposed to, you know, um, do. Can can you share that with the audience? Because, I, I don't, you know, after listening to that, you know, that recording, I'm not sure what what good <laughs> this was supposed to, you know, you know I'm not understanding what good was supposed to come from this. Well, uh, well, I, I don't, I, I, I'll say right now, I don't have the, I don't have the, I mean, they sent us a letter with an explanation gotcha. about it. Um, and um, I think at the end of the day, um, whatever good that they thought they were going to do, the harm that was caused, um, sort of supersedes that. Yeah, and, exactly. and I think that's, at the end of the day, we have to kind of be able to recognize those things um, and then make sure the tools are in place to 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 fix those things, to, to make sure they're, you know, to rectify them. And we, a bit of the problem, I think, was that, um, it's it, sort, of, sort of to Matthew's point, I think, was the fact that uh, the person who was responsible for allowing this, um, this, or, or for bringing this exercise or, or class or whatever you want to call it into the school, didn't take the time to actually look at the curriculum, listen to it, examine it, and say, "Is this right for this community?" Mm -hmm. And if they didn't have the tools to, if they are not, didn't feel they were able to, you know, uh, make that decision, why don't you share that with somebody? who you think might be able to, you know, just or, or, or to, to figure out if this is something that the community needs right now in the middle of the summer of 2020, um, when tensions and racial tensions are flying. And, exactly. um, like and I read think, the room. Read you know? the room. Read the room. <laughs> read the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think that that's it right there. And the fact that um, this is, you know, something else that bothers me about this whole situation is that we've, and Bobby, you sort of spoke to this a little bit on, on our Zoom uh, together uh, prior, but, you know, and sometimes when you hear oops or you hear, you keep hearing, uh, you know, oh, it was a misstep, oh, this, you know, 
We hear that a lot um, in white spaces. But when we, you know, make mistakes and we misstep, sometimes that costs us our jobs as black people, as people of color. Sometimes it'll cost us our lives. And so that same amount of care and that same amount of attention to detail has to be there at the highest levels. And <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I just, I'll leave it there. <laughs> He's dropping them, bro. <laughs> well, I, I've got a question about you guys. Uh, when you guys, when you work, and I've seen every last one of you guys work, when you guys work, it is a reference. It's a reference to Juilliard. And people who look like you see your work and they want to do what you've done. They want to go to Juilliard too. Mm. So how do you feel right now being sort of this walking reference, this walking, living, breathing, moving reference for a place where it may not be so safe right now for people who look like you and want to be like you to go right now? That's another good go. question. I, I'm having a hard time hearing you guys. So if I repeat anything, uh, just let me know. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Can y'all hear me? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, just let me know because I'm having some auditory problems. Um, it's a it's a trip. This is another good question. I'm, I'm missing what Corey said and Mechie said. Well, what they said. So, uh, my fault on that. But um, to your to your question, Bobby. Um, you know, when I went to school when I was Juilliard, I had already gone to undergrad. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I would tell uh, some of my classmates is that uh, you know they came in there with this their chest all puffed up and, and pompous and so forth. And I was like, this ain't this ain't it. This is this is but the beginning, and act like this is a finish line. Um, I had a different perspective going in. Um, I guess you should treat you should treat institution. See, this is the bottom line. We pay their we pay their salary, mm -hmm. but they don't act like it. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's incumbent upon us to demand that changes are made. Um, if it wasn't for us, they would have no no. Their infrastructure is flawed from the beginning, so we do have power. And I think what I love about what we're doing now, well, what what Corey and Nietzsche and, and everybody and, and Lee are, are strumming together is this alumni association. Because I'm not going to tell you don't try to go to the best institutions. I'm not going to say to you do not try to you know achieve this goal that you have because we shouldn't do that. But once you are there. I think you should have that support system, the alumni association. I, I believe you should have the support system to know that you have advocacy, that you have an advocate for you if something goes wrong. Like it's it's it's, it's a damn shame that uh, Juilliard has been around since 1968, and yet we have had very few African American faculty members. That there's there's no excuse for that. And uh, as the school continues to to change, the classes become a little bit more heavy in Afro, Af African-American folks, the, the, this, the, the teachers don't resemble that. And so it, there needs to be some systemic infrastructural change. And, and folks got it twisted. They think that once you hit this, this milestone and you hit this, this school, this institution, that, that's it. But we, we also have a duty uh, incumbent upon ourselves to try to change the system while we're there. I didn't deal too much with the drama division. If I had an issue while I was there, I went to the I went to the president, and the president was dope. I, he had open office hours every Tuesday from ten to eleven, and I would make sure I was there. I would talk to the president of the university, and he mm -hmm. would tell me that the drama division does not communicate with them. And I said, "Well, that's a problem," but they don't have that now. They have somebody else there who does not listen to them either, so they don't have advocacy. And we need to make sure that. You know, we can't tell them don't try to achieve, you know, try to go to, to the best school possible. Um, but we need to make sure that the training reflects us. We can't go mm -hmm. and, and keep in these, these kids are enduring these, these gut punches and, and these, these, these slices. They're being told that they're not bleeding. 
and that's not right. They need to have someone there that can help, you know, fix fix the wounds. And and this is ridiculous. That's why we're trying to step in and try to make some institutional change because um, we pay too much damn money to go to that school, whether not to be having representation. <laughs> yeah. look like and make sure we are uh, uh, being I, taken care of. I want to just piggyback on what Francois said about um, your your question was how do you feel being a, a reflection of Juilliard, right? Yes, yes. I feel very good about it. I got some great training there. And the reason I can feel good about it now is because of what Francois said. No, right away, this wasn't where my focus was. But once that video dropped, I think we, I don't think we all recognize the need. And mm -hmm. Francois mentioned the Alumni Association. Juilliard has an alumni association. What they did not have was a Black Alumni Association. Mm. And now what they do have is a Black Alumni That's Association. Alumni association. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel great about being a reflection of Juilliard. I want people to know that that is a place where people, alum have gone, they are successful in their careers or other career paths that they have taken, and they are still committed to making sure that Juilliard can reflect the changes that need to happen in the world. What's happening at Juilliard is not specific to Juilliard. It is specific to the world we live in. So if we can help implement change there, that means we're doing a little bit in the world as well. So I feel great about it. And one more thing, and Corey, I'm going to shut up. No. <laughs> you, you, you asked the question before about how do we spot it? And in mm -hmm. some place, like a classroom, right? Once again, it's about the power structure because the teacher is always going to have more power in the classroom. I think taking note of your classmates and if they are just in, there's, they're not in a comfortable space and they're trying to articulate now, it might not be racism. They might just be uncomfortable, right, <laughs> with a note or something. But if you have any single cell on your body that feels like it might be racism, ask the question. Ask the question, what did you mean by that? It made me uncomfortable, so I can only imagine how Bobby might feel. Mm. Please clarify your statement. Mm. Please clarify your statement. Uh, and in addition to some of the structural changes that we are fighting for and will continue to fight for until they're implemented is diversifying the curriculum because everybody comes from where they come from. And if I have to do three weeks of research about a samovar, I'm going to need that same kind of research to be done across the board about a variety of cultures, spaces, and places. Yes. So if you recognize that in your own curriculum, that you are only learning about yourself and ancestors of yourself, that is a great time to say, oh, I think I see some racism. Mm -hmm. I think we can mm -hmm. diversify this curriculum to be inclusive of my classmates who don't look like me. Mm -hmm. Anybody can speak up on this. But yeah. that's those are just two clear ways to spot it that people might not normally think of and then the action that they can potentially take. Mm, that's great. That was awesome. Well, I have to applaud uh, you, Mechi, for really taking charge over this thing. And uh, it has just been so inspiring and really an honor to just work with all of you guys towards this for change. Um, I know that life can be rude and it doesn't, it doesn't care about what you have going on. It never says like, oh, I know, uh, I know you're busy with this right now. So I'm just gonna wait and hold off on my issue till you get done. Like, no, like y'all all have life going on. Francois, you got kids, <laughs> you know, everybody has life going on. So I just wanna say thank you for taking this on and for taking the lead you know, and I just want to, I just want to leave you with this. This has been on my heart, especially for you, Mechie. This has been on my heart. Esther 4 and 14 says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether or not you have attained royalty for such a time as this. 
Mm. That's heavy. So I just want to say thank you guys for coming on. You you guys are all powerhouses in your own right. I'm fans of all the, all of your work and yeah. just keep yeah. doing what you're doing. But but that that young lady on that on that clip just spoke to my heart. And I know it spoke to Bobby's heart because we spoke about this last week. And the fact that she still wanted to talk about this, number one, I I thought it was just as important last week, this week as it was last week. And I'm just glad that you guys are gonna step in and give people like her support because you know like like Mitchie said this is this is literally a microcosm of our society in the United States you know yeah. I'm sure I'm like I went to a PWI um for for grad and under uh, undergrad and so I I've seen it happen and I spoke up I you know but you know that young lady she felt alone and for you guys to step in as big brothers and big sisters I think it's beautiful and that, that's why I love our people you know what I mean that's why I love our people Real talk. Awesome. So thanks for coming on the show anyway. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for taking the time. No doubt. Thank you all for Thank the culture. You. I love y'all. Yeah. Yeah. We see your shirt, first of all. We see your shirt. <laughs> hold on before y'all get out right, of here love y'all oh, hold on wait 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 before y'all get out of here do you guys have any new projects you're What's working on right now that you just you have, you guys have any new project that you're working on that you could share right now Yes, the Juilliard Black Alumni Association. There it is. There <laughs> it is. Okay. It's the okay. project that we are working on. Respect. Okay. Right. Hold up. Respect. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. Respect. I love Black it. Alumni Association. That's what's yes. up. Uh, same project. Bonus we all on the same project. Well, hold up. What's the acronyms? <laughs> yeah, tell me. Yeah, tell me. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. J-B-A-A. J-B-A-A, baby. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to get back to cutting up with y'all. I know we serious these days, yeah, yeah. but I can't wait to cut up again. Love hey, you. I love y'all. Hey, Bobby, you know I love you. Look, you my whole heart. First of all, love you deep. All right. Take care, guys. Peace and prayer. Bye, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> love you deep, baby. Big love, all of y'all. Keep Please. rising <laughs> all day. That was oh. great, man. That, that's just so that awesome. Um, that's just so awesome what you guys are doing. I mean, again, that 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 little girl spoke to my heart. I was like, wow, and I'm so glad that you put on the cape, sis. You and Mechie and Corey and Francois, and I'm sure there's others. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing, and uh, Hopefully, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I hope, hope y'all get some publicity over this, you know, in terms oh. of, I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> I'm it's, sure it's coming. Oh, trust you me. I'm sure it's it coming. Is coming. I'm sure it's coming. It man. is that, coming. It is in the works. I just love to see us stick up for us, you know, and um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Somebody on the, somebody on our original Zoom talked about uh, the feeling like when you see your little, your little sister, your little brother. Somebody trying to punk them on the playground. Yeah, exactly. You step in. And and I yeah. think it's just so this, you know, I won't talk too long about it because I know we've talked for it at great length and we're over time, but um <laughs> it's something about when you get it's something it's something about when you get older. It's yeah. something about when you get older and and seeing Marion, and not only seeing Marion, somebody in our group chat uh a couple days ago posted a picture of all the current students. Mm -hmm. And they they just just the whether you're a parent or not the caretaker in yeah. every one of us rose yeah. to the occasion yes i love it just it's, rose to the occasion and you you, an you can't story. you can't ignore it absolutely so you know what i don't even i'll be honest with you i don't even think we need to do like what's on your mind because you guys are on my mind right now like the, the work that you're going to be doing you know and obviously it, it's like you said you had the 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 juilliard alumni association but now you're going to have the Juilliard Black Alumni Association, and every PWI needs that. Every one of them. That's every right. Of them. That's so, right. And anybody who's listening to this podcast 
who might be going through anything similar. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring, uh, you know, the people who were at the helm of this movement on uh, so that you could see that, hey, if it hasn't formed yet, go ahead and form it. Go ahead Absolutely. and organize. Put your strengths together, your administrative strengths and the like, and yeah. get organized. Yeah. And it's like I told Mechie, someone has the skills and someone like Mechie has been called for such a time as this. Absolutely. So much respect Absolutely. for stepping up. Like I um this this tonight's show has just been so profound. Yeah. You know, like we didn't laugh as much as we normally do, but this show was just profound, man. Like, yeah. wow. Like, so yeah. I feel blessed. I feel blessed just to have you on with me, sis. You you always bring a light. Uh, regardless, and I, I appreciate that, and it's much needed. You know, we need more people like you. We about to clone you, Bobby. <laughs> we about I to clone you. <laughs> I'm gonna strand in your hair, <laughs> throw it in a pot, get the get the cooking. <laughs> but anyway, oh we no, like my like, <laughs> we like my, husband, like my husband would shut that whole project down single handed. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so. Listen, we like to thank our guests, Heather, Michelle Palmore, you know, from um, the Advancements of Blacks in Sports, which is a dope organization. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, Corey Hawkins, uh, Mechie. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I, I love yeah. saying her last name. I love it. I love it. And uh, Francois, <laughs> Francois Batiste. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So thanks, guys, for coming on. Um, and, yo. We'll see y'all. We got two more episodes left in the season, man. So y'all make sure you tell your friends. It's he's the DJ. She's the actress. I'm superhero DJ John Quick. I'm the actress Bobby Baker. And Bobby, you know how we do. We got to get out of here on some tunes. Hold on. Where am I? Oh, oh you know what? I got to play this for you. We're going to go off like this. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> we out y'all peace <laughs>